privilege it is to call on the name of the Lord. Those that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved, delivered. There's great power in that name. It is the highest name that was ever given to man. And the only name by which we can be saved is Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm so glad to be a part of that. Taking on his name baptized in his name whatever we do in word or deed we do it all in his name we assemble together in the mighty name of Jesus I want you to take your need to the Lord today and as we go to the throne of grace as we start this service I know there's many needs here no doubt many burdens and many lives and understand we're here today and this service is every Sunday we do this we don't have a Sunday evening service so we put all that we can into this one we have people who have gathered here from different places come to be in this service today the Esky family we want to welcome you today happy to have you in the service with us and whoever you are God knows you he knows your need. So if we sing a little longer and we preach a little longer and we praise God a little longer, we're putting a concentrated effort into this today. We're asking God to move. Let's talk to him today. Let's dedicate our hearts. We're not here for a 15-minute sermon, 20-minute feel-good religion. We're here because we're here, in, we're here in a very desperate time very desperate hour we're right here on the cusp of the rapture we're right here on the resurrection we got Israel in her homeland and they're fighting today because the enemies have attacked we have enemies that have attacked us we must stand we must proclaim victory today in the name of Jesus we must see resurrection faith work in lives and hearts we have our brother Donnie Reagan in Tennessee there that, you know, we've been praying for his daughter, Erica Parker. She's a married woman, young woman, just still in her barely 40s and got four little girls and husband. She needs a touch from God today. Brother Donnie called me on the way to the hospital as he was going there today, being called in by his daughter. And then called me later to have prayer with them over the speakerphone. And then the same with Brother Ron, called him. We're calling on the Lord today. We heard the messages that was given in song today. Stand still. Stand still. We've done all we can do. There's very little we can do as far as us as humans. That's the human sides of it. 
But I believe we're talking to sons and daughters of God this morning. And there is authority in believers as they use the name of Jesus. We believe with all our hearts. We've seen cancer defeated. If he's done it once, he can do it again. Yeah, there'll be those who cross over, go by the way of the grave. We understand that. But you know, as long as, as long as we have life here, there's purpose. I believe that we have a right to go before the throne of grace and find help in our time of need. And we come boldly today. We come as believers because we have been taught in an hour like this to believe. I want you to believe together with me today as we bow together. Father, in the name of Jesus, that name of Jesus is higher than all names. At the mention of that name, every demon power has to fall and has to proclaim that you are Lord. We hold up the name of Jesus over these needs today. Lord, we, we are standing still, oh God, proclaiming that name and seeing the salvation of the Lord. Father, as believers today, we are agreeing together, accepting the promise of God for the needs of your children. Lord, for the needs of little sister Erica, Lord, I know how I would feel today if that was my baby. God, I pray that you'll move on the behalf of those today that are desperately calling out to you. Doctors have given up, but Lord, we don't give up. We're knocking on the door one more time. We're asking and asking again. We're seeking that we might find we are knocking that it might be open. We are binding together as believers, doing all that we can do. Lord, we are believers. That's what we are. Father, I pray, oh God, for your people everywhere, the bride around the world, the people that are streaming into this service, those that have gathered under this roof. You know the needs that is in their lives. You know what they're seeking for. God, we are helpless. We can't do anything for them. But if you'll come and anoint your word today, you will anoint the word to heart to change lives, to deliver your people, to bring those that are in bondage, oh God, out into a great and glorious victory. To those that are seeking that they would find the reality of God for their life. Lord, we're here, your children today. We're reporting for duty. We're standing here in this pulpit today believe it, that you sent us, that you called us, that you've ordained us for this hour. And for this hour we have come. So we stand here, Lord, today for your children. And as we open up your word today, I pray that you'll bless it to our hearts. Reveal yourself through the word now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Before you're seated, we'll turn to Joshua chapter 1. We'll read from verse 11. I want to say as you're turning there, first of all, I want to say I really so appreciate you during the meetings that we just had. We just had the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday meetings. Here are October meetings that we have every year. And you were certainly a blessing as you hosted many people and kept them in your homes. And I, I couldn't be more proud of you. Those of you that didn't keep, well, uh, people in your homes, well, you provided food for those and helped out. And, 
and we're a blessing to others. And those of you that, you know, maybe didn't do that, you came and um, fellowshiped and encouraged those who, who uh, was here in between the services there in the pavilion and so on. I, I so appreciate each one of you. And I couldn't call everybody by name. You know, uh, uh, we, we already know we could easily say our deacons and trustees did a fabulous job and the ministry team here to make everybody comfortable. And, and, and so many of you brought food for me and the ministers there that, were, that we hosted, and that was a big help. Uh, I so appreciate that. I can't say enough about it. And so thank you, and God bless you. For you're given unto the Lord, and may He rem- that be remembered in the ages to come, the, that you give unto the Lord. God bless you. Good to be in the house of the Lord, Sister Geraldine. God bless you. Welcome today. It's been a long time since you've been with us, but thank God you're here today. Each one of you, God knows your burden. He knows your need, and He's a supplier for that need. So let Him speak to your heart today. Joshua 1 verse 11, pass through the host and command the people saying, prepare your victuals for within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I'm going to speak this morning on we have crossed over. Amen. You know, we're looking here at the book of Joshua, and we know it parallels the the book of Ephesians for the believers here in the New Testament church. And in other words, that as Israel left Egypt and journeyed through the wilderness, so did the early church enter into its promised land through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And if you are here today having received of his Holy Spirit, well, you have crossed over into that land of promise. If you haven't, if you know, if you're at a different stage of maybe that you have come through justification of believing on the Lord and that's where you've come or maybe you've passed through the Red Sea of of sanctification and habits of the world were taken off. You know, I'm so thankful for whatever journey that you have made and the distance you have traveled. But I, I want to just tell you that uh, every promise lays on the other side. It lays beyond where that you have come. And for you that have come, it is up to you to, of course, to possess every promise that lays in that promised land. You cannot afford to allow as it were Canaanites or Hittites or Hivites or Jebusites that we have been told to drive off. We cannot afford to let them encamp upon our land or to stand upon our promises. But we must possess it, whether it be from Jericho to Ai to wherever that it is, that it all must be possessed. So Israel would leave Egypt and journey through the wilderness And so did the early church. We could actually parallel their journey from the the early church. And I'm talking about those that the gospel came to as Jesus walked the shores of Galilee. And he too pointed to the promise of the Father that would come, the blessed Holy Spirit. 
And there at the upper room, these people who had lived under law all of their lives, they passed over and entered into a land of grace that grace had provided for them through that Holy Spirit baptism. And they were given every spiritual blessing as they took their position in Christ. And, and uh, they, were, they recognized themselves as God's chosen people that were greatly beloved, a holy people without blame, a people who had been forgiven and pardoned of their sins and sanctified to the blood. And now by the baptism of the Holy Spirit that came upon them in the upper room, they were placed in full authority as sons of God to possess every promised word in the land of the Bible. If you'll notice even when the Holy Spirit came upon them, that immediately they put that to work. They did not wait until another prayer meeting or another reassurance or another baptism or another appearing of God, but they took that experience and walked out to the gate called Beautiful. And there they saw a lame man that had been crippled from his mother's womb. And and there they said, silver and gold, we don't have that. We have nothing to give you of our own self, but we do have something because we just received it. We just had an upper room experience where the Holy Ghost came upon us. We have something to give. You see, those of you that have received of his Holy Spirit have something to give. It is not for you just to keep, but it is also for yours to give. That there will be others that have a need in their life, desires in their heart that this God will answer their request. Amen. This is what it is. The church must have something that they're giving out. Giving out immediately healing, deliverance, salvation. Another 3,000 added to the kingdom. They didn't just sit on what they got. They didn't just become lukewarm and complacent with what they had. But now there came within them a passion and a drive to fulfill and possess every promise of God. That ought to be the believer today. As we sit here with, with a determination, we're not just here happy because we're in the land. We're going to possess every promise. We're going to possess everything God said. Now, those believers, as I said, went forth from the crossing over into the land by receiving the Holy Ghost. From there went possessing with overcoming power. They went, they went with overcoming sin and overcoming sickness and the sick were healed. The, the dead were raised, the lame walked, the blind saw. For they realized they were positioned by the Holy Ghost as sons of God. Mature sons whose words were backed. Amen. They, they realized they wasn't Jesus, but Jesus was now in them. Amen. As I think about it, you know, that day at Pentecost and that 120 came out of the upper room there charged with, with the mighty presence of a great anointing of God. I realize, you realize Satan knew then he had more than one Jesus on his hand, but he had now 120 that were filled with the same spirit of Jesus. 
and they went forth performing the same works that he did for he said if you believe on me amen the works that I, that I do you shall do also and greater than these they went out to fulfill a commission we are here in this day we have been we have been filled with commission but you know we come now 2,000 years, seven church ages. You look in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, there are seven churches spoke of there. The coming of the Lord was a mystery. He could not tell us there's going to be 2,000 years of Gentile ages. So he would write it in symbols. And he would show with seven stars in the hand of Jehovah and in the hand of Jesus that that there were seven stars which were seven messengers or seven lights that would come and, and there would be seven ages. And we have come now to where we're here in the last age. And, then, and during that time, the early church, those that start out in the, the Ephesian age with a high aim, they relax their grip. They begin to drift. And the church lost its grip on the word. And like Israel was taken down in the bondage. And they was enslaved by Catholicism and ideas of man. You see, but then there came the great reformation. And as Israel left the bondage of Egypt, the church left the bondage of Egypt and, and was justified by faith under Luther. It was a great move of God. It was a mighty thing that God did. It was a great deliverance. As they threw off the, the, the cloaks and the, and the strangleholds of, of Rome, and here they walked out and said, the just, amen, the just, the righteous shall live by faith. And it justified a whole group of people. A people realized that repentance of sin through, through believing on Christ was the way for, for, for there to be full mercy and grace. And so they were justified by faith. Now, like Israel, Israel passed through the Red Sea. That was the next stage of their journey, and they were cleansed of the uh, Egyptian taskmasters who died in the sea. So, so even so, the church journeyed on its way through sanctification. Where the habits die under the blood. I'll tell you, if you've never come to that place, if you're still maybe a justified believer, haven't believed on the Lord, your sin forgiven, but you've still got the habits. It may be habits of pornography. It may be habits of smoking or drinking or lying or cussing or drugs or alcohol. I, I don't know what the habits may be. It's, there are many. There are merits. But if you'll ever pass through the Red Sea of the blood of Jesus Christ, you'll see your enemies. Those habits, those things that whipped you and held you bondage, you will see them dead in the Red Sea. You'll see yourself cleansed from evil habits. I tell you, if you've never experienced sanctification, there is sanctification for you. Amen. If you've never experienced being free of the whippings of, of Egyptian taskmasters and them chasing after you, you can have that experience today and God can cleanse sin out of your life. 
And that's a wonderful place to be. To stand on the other side and grab a tambourine and shout and dance. Amen. And rejoice. Amen. That's a great place to be to look back and see your enemies dead. Amen. I've seen men and women that, 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 that were they were addicted to nicotine and they couldn't give it up and smoking one cigarette after another, lighting one with the other and couldn't give it up. And I've seen them come on the other side of sanctification and seen the Holy Spirit so take it out of their lives. Amen. Until they could shout and rejoice. I once was a slave to nicotine, but not no more. I've seen alcoholics. Amen. I've seen those that were bound with alcohol set free to serve the living God. I'll tell you, there is nothing like the blood of Jesus Christ that can cleanse you from every sin. If you haven't experienced that today, I'll tell you, you need to experience. It'll deal with the skull can in your pocket. It'll deal with the cigarette pack in your, in your shirt. It'll deal with the alcohol you're addicted to. It'll deal with the drugs and the pornography and the sex sins and the fornication and on and on and on and on. Must I, must I list them all? It'll deal with it. And you can come out like Miriam dancing on the other side. You see, it was not just the church that would need to go through its stages of cleansing, but you, the individual. I, I, I want to get this to you. It's, it's on many different levels. It's the individual. It's the church. It was Israel. All of them had to come through the same thing. You as a person must go through that same thing. Finally, at last, they stood on the border like those at Kadesh. And they got a taste of the Holy Ghost. But instead of going on into the fullness of the Spirit, you see, Israel turned back to wandering in the wilderness. And the same thing would happen to the church. They would come so far and they would stand on the edge of the fullness of the promise and on the, of the fullness of the Spirit. And they would look at it and say, we can't do it. We just can't take it. We're not able to take that promise. But I want you to know today we have by God's grace something more than just forgiveness of sins. We have something more than cleansing from filthy habits. We have something more than even a gift from the Spirit. We have today available and offered to us and afforded to us the fullness of the person of Christ. The same Holy Ghost in its fullness as was received on the day of Pentecost. I want to say they, we have crossed over. What a day. As I said, similarly, the individual has to do the same as the church. You must leave sin. You must leave Egypt's bondage. You must cross through the Red Sea of the blood being sanctified of evil habits, coming through the wilderness of sin, and then must cross over into the Holy Ghost. The church has had to cross over, leaving the creeds of men behind. 
And for us as a church, and I'm not talking about this church, I'm talking about Christendom. It's been a, a wilderness journey of through deserts and fiery serpents and murmurings and complainings and church splits and new denominations created and going from one denominational camp of Methodist to Baptist to myriads of other names. But I wanted to say today, finally, we have arrived. No longer do we have to wander from camp to camp. No longer is this about men and their kingdoms. No longer is this about kingdom building in another camp of, of enslavement in the wilderness, another mini Egypt with another leader that actually takes us back to the same old denominational bondage. But oh no, we have crossed over. We have crossed over into the freedom of the Holy Ghost. We have crossed over into a land that is defined in the pages of this Bible. In this land, it flows with milk and honey. In this land is healing. In this land is deliverance. In this land is the ever blessing that God has. In this land is, amen. I want to say it's our land. I want to say it's your land. I, I want to say that today we have entered into it. And of that fullness, we can receive. We can enjoy every grape, every fruit, every fig tree, amen, every pomegranate, everything that's in the land, we can enjoy it. It is yours for the taking. It is yours to build a home. Amen, it is yours to, to there to take cities, to drive out inhabitants, to take possessions. It is for you. Now, we have, I wanted to say again, we have finally, after seven church ages, arrived. In the message paradox, I want to refer to a vision that Brother Branham had. He, and he speaks of it where they had a vision. As you know, the Bible tells us clearly in Joel chapter 2 that a young old men will dream dreams, young men will see visions. So we do believe in visions. And in this particular vision, he, he looked and he said, I was coming, I was, I was coming down uh, to, to, to Jordan. It looked like there was a map of Palestine and a map that would trace out the, the journey. And, and he says, I was coming down to the Jordan and I could hear the song, I'm going down to the Jordan and someone was singing. And as I drew near, I looked back and seen which way I had come. And I was two thirds of the way there to the Jordan. And I looked across Jordan, I said, oh, praise God. Just on the other side is where all promises lay. You know, it's a great thing to be forgiven of sins. It is a great thing to be sanctified. Amen. But it's a greater thing to enter into the homeland of the Bible. Amen. To come back to Bible days, to Bible doctrine, to Bible truth, to Bible faith. Hallelujah. We're believers put their faith back in the word of God and not some man-made system. Every promise lays in the promised land. 
And then he explains in that same message a paradox as he comes to his end, which paradox means a miracle. It is by a miracle that we have come here. It is by miracle that we have arrived into the land of the full promises of God. Oh yes, oh yes, some obtain one promise or two, but here every promise. Do you realize you are here laying, looking at the very promise of the rapture? Do you realize laying in this land, why was they going back to this land? I, I want to remind you, why were they returning here? Not just to build homes and and say, we got a country, but to receive the Messiah. And I just want to say, we have come here not to build another denomination and another movement, but we have come here to see the Messiah. We have come here to see the Lord return for the dead in Christ to rise. Somebody's got to believe that. It has to come to pass that it no longer a funeral scripture, but it's a reality in the hearts of people. Amen. That we have come back to this land to see the Messiah. And the Messiah isn't some other man. It's not another preacher. It's not another messenger. The Messiah isn't at that at all. It's Christ himself. And he says, now see what coming down to Jordan meant. We're down here. Let's cross over now. Let's quit playing. You know, everybody comes to their Kadesh Barnea. You know, what are they going to do? How, what, what are they going to do? Again, you know, even if you're dying, you say, well, Brother Tim, you know, what if God doesn't heal me? God's going to heal you. He heals all diseases. Amen. It may be in another dimension, but he's going to heal you. But you come down to that Kadesh Barnea, so what do you do? You know, in a moment like that, and you stare death in his face. What do you do? Do you give up? Do you quit believing? Do you deny Christ? Do you, do you, do you curse his name? No, a real believer looks at that and says, I know in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded he'll keep his promise to me. Amen, I shall be healed. I shall come into his likeness. So he said, let's quit playing. I'll tell you what, this is exactly the problem in the wilderness. They would cross to the Red Sea, 1 Corinthians 10. And then they would, then they would, they would, they would leave Egypt, cross to the sea, and then they hear they rose, they sat down to eat and rose up to play. It's not a time to play church. If there was ever a time to be sincere, it's right now. Is there ever time to have a dedication in your life? It's right now. Amen. A depth of sincerity like you've never had. Because we're on the cusp. We're on the cusp. The world stands at the cusp on the edge of Armageddon. He baptized the earth already. He did it with water. He shed his blood on it at Calvary. Now the fire is about to fall. 
And it's going to give birth to a new kingdom. And we're right on the edge of it. All scripture points to this hour. The days of Sodom and Gomorrah points to this hour. And it shows we're right here again, Sodom and Gomorrah. Just before the burning. But that ain't all the story. During that time, that same time, Abraham receives a promised son, Sarah. Sarah, the old woman. The forgotten old woman. Come on. Sarah, the old woman, decrepit, faithless, received faith. Amen. To receive what? The promised son. And before the fire falls, there's a people comes back and is renewed again. And a faith restored. And a people who believe the promise. So you have been prophesied. And you're going to fulfill part of that prophecy. You can be the lukewarm believer like Lot who winds up down in Sodom and has to be pulled out by the skin of his teeth. You can be the sodomites, the perverts. Or you can be the seed of Abraham. It lays before you today. Now, so he says, them visions have never failed. They can't because they come from God. I believe it's with all that's within me. We're not the hireling that'll run back in the wilderness. We'll cross Jordan to separation. And then he says these words, God, break to us the seals that's on the back of the book. Let us enter into this great place now for Joshua divided to the people their inheritance that God had left for them. So what would it be? What would it be dividing inheritance, moving into the promise, the seals of the book open, opening the ever promise, ever promise of the Bible to you? So through the coming of the word that opened up the seven seals, this has brought us to this great land that the Holy Spirit has divided to us. It is our inheritance. And we cannot deny it. We cannot reject it. We cannot refuse any part of it. Nor can we afford to let any devil camp on it. Now the land he gave Israel, devils had camped out on what, can I call them that? Hittites, Jebusites, whatever they were. They were, they were a cursed people. Amen. God had given mercy upon mercy upon mercy. And now the cup of the iniquity of the Amorites was full. Sometimes you think God is unjust. God is never unjust. God gave them opportunity after opportunity. And now after 400 years, the cup is full. And God says, my patience is over. Drive them out now. He couldn't give it to Abraham. It wasn't time. But now it's time for Israel now to come into their promised land. And they're going to drive out the inhabitants. And they're told, don't you leave any of them. Amen. I'm going to be with you. I'll be a hornet that'll drive them before you. Amen. I'll be one. I'll go before you. The angel of the Lord will lead your way. I'm there for you. But what would they do? They would get in that land and then let the enemy still dwell there. 
just want to say, we cannot allow some demon to stand on our word of promise. If you're here today and you're sick in your body and you're, you're facing cancer or anything beneath it, I'm telling you, you cannot afford to let that stay. Amen. You must take your promise and stand boldly. Amen. Again, you say, well, Brother Tim, everybody ain't delivered. I get that. Everybody ain't delivered in this life. I understand there'll be some that'll go by the way of the grave. We'll have funerals until the day of the resurrection. We understand it's given that the man wants to die. We understand all of that, but I also understand that we're here in the greatest interruption of death itself, where death itself will be defeated. I want you to look away from just what has been for 6,000 years and realize, friend, we are not in the initiating of redemption. We are here in the finishing of redemption. We're not here at the time of the fall and the first sacrifice given of a lamb and a revelation given to Abel. We have received the lamb and he is the true lamb. And we have been brought now through seven ages and we are now here at a very special time. I want to tell you of its dangers. By allowing the Jebusites and the Hittites and the Perizzites to stay in their land meant they could not possess their promise. Today in modern Israel, and I just want to say, we have seen a phenomena. We have seen a people who have been a homeless people rejected of all nations around the world gathered back. And we've seen a paradox and miracle take place. We've seen the people of Israel gathered back, an impossible thing facing, uh, facing against all odds. Amen. You, you think, you think Erica's case is, looks hopeless today? Israel's case was very hopeless. They were just a few Jews against a whole world. And the sentiment of the whole world who had determined they would wipe them off of the face of the earth. And they went into there. But you know, as they went in, here come a bunch of Arabs from everywhere, you know, wanting to get in there to keep them off of their promised land, keep them land, land that nobody wanted. Land that was barren, land that was desert, land that was no good. And then they take it and God prospers it and it begins to bloom. Fruit begins to be produced. Becomes a beautiful land. Now everybody wants it. Sacred places, holy places. The place, the place where Abraham would offer Isaac. The place of the temple worship. The place where the pillar of fire would come down into Solomon's temple. The place where that when David was there at the, at the threshing floor of Onan and there was a plague upon the people 
And he saw the angel of God with his sword drawn. And, and he, he asked for mercy and went and sacrificed a lamb on that threshing floor. That place that mercy was granted. That forgiveness was given. And the plague was stopped. There David knew and he would have Solomon to erect a temple right on this spot. It would be here that Jesus would appear. The Lord's coming suddenly to his temple, making it even a greater temple than that of Solomon as he visits Herod's temple. And here they've come back supernaturally. I want you to understand, you're here where you are today supernaturally. It is not by accident. It wasn't even by your self-effort. Self-effort could produce an Ishmael. Only the supernatural could produce an Isaac. Amen. Self-effort won't get you very far. Homemade, your own homemade religion won't get you very far, but the blood of Jesus Christ can take you all the way. But, uh, but now here Israel is there in the land, but by allowing Palestinians to encamp and encroach upon their, on their homeland and controlling parts of it, Israel has allowed their enemies a place from which they can attack. And sadly, by appeasement, Mr. Netanyahu and Israel, they've been turning a blind eye to Hamas all this time. They knew its threats. They, they, they had their secret police and all that. They knew its threats. And Israel allowed them to build up arms and bring in missiles and practice drills killing Jews. They did that right up to the week of the invasion. Knowing that they were doing it, but they didn't take warning. They become comfortable, you know, hiding behind the little fence that they had built rather than driving out the enemy. I want you to know you can't build a fence too high. Amen. The only, the only place of safety is driving out the enemy. You, you cannot build fences of psychology and men's ideas or whatever else to try to, to fortify and keep your, your family safe. You must drive the enemy out. And they, they turned a blind eye. But we must not. We must not turn a blind eye to Satan or to his tactics or to the or carnage will happen to us like happened to Israel. I say, God have mercy upon us. Peter said, 1 Peter 5 and 8 said, be sober. That means be serious minded. Be vigilant. Be watchful. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. We got a real enemy. We must not pretend we don't have a real enemy. Listen, the devil wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your church. He wants to wreck your marriage. He wants to wreck your home. He wants to take your children into bondage. This is what the enemy wants to do. He doesn't want peace. He wants your possession. 
And we cannot turn a blind eye to Satan. As he said in that verse 9, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Where, where is there a resistance today? Where is there an army that realizes I'm an invincible army? Come on, somebody. Don't go to sleep on me this morning. Amen. Don't, don't let the worries of what's going on. We don't heard the songs come and say, stand still. God's got this. It's all in control. There's no sense for us to have our heads bowed down today. Amen. Be vigilant. Be sober. Because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour. But whom resist steadfast in the faith? Where are there who will draw their sword? Where are those who will pull it out and say, listen, I have been given this more for de- than decoration. I've been given a word in this day. Come on. This word could create squirrels. It can make a new body. It can resurrect fish. It can resurrect the dead. It can heal a tumor. We don't have to be present in Erica's room today. Amen. Just a word from God can go forth. Just a prayer from one believer could go forth to any room, any hospital, any home, anywhere that you're listening today. Go to your place and bring deliverance in your house because there's power. You withheld your bombs of prayer too long. You've, you've, you've shined your weapons up and kept them shiny, but they're not to be kept in the closet. They're not for display. They are to be used. But Israel waits till they're attacked to use their weapons. But we're commanded not to wait. The Bible said when he comes, we are to resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So we are to resist steadfast in the faith. Now, in Brother Branham's Thanksgiving service of the pilgrims who came to a new land of freedom, as he stood there in Life Tabernacle in Shreveport in Invisible Union, he talked about how that America had come to a new land. I want to parallel that just a minute. And hold in thought because he's going to use it of us entering into a new land. So watch what he says. The pilgrim fathers were very thankful for their newfound way of life. Being separated from the old English denominations and creed. They could marry to the new anointed word for their age. That's right. The new anointed word of their age for that day. So the pilgrims would come over here for what? Freedom of religion. To unite with the new anointed word for their age. Amen. Many of them were Anabaptists who would say or be called rebaptizers because they were baptized as infants in the, in the church of Rome. But now adult baptism. But when you realize your need for a savior, that's the time to be baptized. Not as an infant. And so they could marry now the new anointed word for their age, for their day. 
Oh, so we can be thankful. So we can be thankful. As pilgrims, like Abraham separated ourselves from the things of the world, all our associates. Abraham was a pilgrim. God has separated us from all the dead religions. Think about it. God is separated. Why are you here this morning? Because God separated you. He called you out and separated you from dead religions. Amen. Now he said, I'm speaking across the nation now. All the dead creeds separated you from dead creeds of man. And to what? Now, didn't just separate us, but brought us into something. Separated us and opened to us a new land, a new message for this day. Now, Brother Branham's trying to tell us something. That the message that's coming this day opened up a new land. And we are here in this land, and he said, we should be thankful because it's a new land, and we don't have to serve the creeds of our forefathers. We don't have to have the slave belts of denomination. Amen. We, we don't have to now come under the creeds of man and the edicts of man and, you know, and accept some pope or apostle to reign over us. Are you with me? Amen. But he opened us a new land, a new message for this day. Hallelujah. That's what I'm saying. We've crossed over. The land got opened for us. Amen. The seven seals were revealed. It opened up the book, the land, the inheritance. It gives us every promise. It defines our borders. It separated us and opened us a new land, a new message for this day. We, I want to say to you, we have arrived. We don't have to look for another prophet to come. We don't have to get another book in the mail that tells us of an eighth messenger. We don't have to have somebody else to come along and explain the seven thunders that've been revealed through the prophet of Malachi 4. Come on, somebody. We have arrived. Amen. This is a new land, but not in the way of something different. It's just new to us. Amen. It's simply new to us, but it's the original word. Amen. We, when Israel came, they came to their new land, their new homeland. They had been had a homeland in Egypt for 400 years, but now they come to a new land. Was it a different land? No, it wasn't a different land than Abraham. Abraham had walked over this land. Abraham was given this land. He wasn't given a new land in the sense of, of something different. It's the same land that Abraham walked over. Isaac walked over Jacob. Where Sarah was buried. Come on, Abraham was buried. All of them right here in this promised land. You see, it's not something new to us, but it's the original word, the true gospel, that had been lost. We have returned to the land of the Messiah. Come on, this is the land where Jesus walked. 
These are the promises that he enjoyed. This is the fruit that he, that he tasted and, and rejoiced over. Somebody help me preach. We have returned to the land of the Messiah. We have turned the land of our fathers. The land of Peter, James, John, Paul. It's the land of the Bible. It's not a new message. It's not a new land. It's not something different. It's the same land. But it's new to us. We have never been here before. Not till this age. The church was there. That's where it started out. But it got carried off down to Egypt. Come on, somebody help me preach. This is where this is where it started out, but it got carried off. Down in Egypt's bondage. And it's been there not 400 years, but seven church ages. But in this day, God saw fit to send you a messenger. Amen. To bring you out of bondage. Yeah, it started out with Luther starting and Wesley and the wilderness journey. But we came to a cadence. And there was a prophet walked into that land. Hallelujah. And in there, that land, brother, there was the power of God and the salvation. Come on. Somebody help me preach. In that land is not, is not just a good feeling and we call that the Holy Ghost. It's not a mere confession and we call that the Holy Ghost. It's not even a cleansing from the habits and we call that the Holy Ghost. But it's the very person, the very person of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's the Son of Man himself. It's Christ revealed in his own word. We've come back to the land of the Bible. We have come back to the land of power. We've come back to the land of freedom. We've come back to the land where there is no forms, some form of godliness that denies the power. We come to a land of plenty, a land that's overflowing with benefits. At the same time, I want you to know, and don't miss this, don't get sidetracked, but catch it. We have crossed over. We've moved over our Jordan But the world, this sinful world, has also crossed over. They are now positioned where the Bible said they would be. Look at the Sodom condition. Look at the White House flying the pride flag and the president declaring that we are a pride nation. You see, they're exactly positioned. They have crossed over, crossed the line between judgment and mercy. And now we're seeing the fruits of it. Even when Brother Branham was here, he said, you could put an Abraham Lincoln in a, you know, on every street corner in a George Washington and it wouldn't turn the country around. 
She has crossed over from the lamb and freedom of religion to speaking as a beast, like a dragon. She speaks as the devil speaks. And it's happening in your neighborhood, in your schools. It's happening in your towns. It's happening everywhere that you look. People who have crossed over. They're giving voice to Sodom. The voice of the LGBT says, we're coming after your children. They ain't just satisfied with having their little their, their own lifestyle. They want to force it on everybody else. We're coming right down to forced religion. We're coming right down to where there'll be a marking of the beast. Amen. You know why? Because we have crossed the threshold as a world. You see, we're not the only one as the bride. We're not the only ones coming to our zenith or to our crowning point. The world is about to crown Satan as king of the earth. And the Bible said he will reign for a short season. Do you realize there is a time that we're right here on the edge of Listen, if you ever prayed the prayer to escape the things that are coming on this earth and be accounted worthy to stand before the Son of Man, it's now to pray that time to pray that prayer. Because this world is about to crown Satan as king of the earth. The mind for it is already here. Insanity has come up on the earth. Unbelievable stuff. But you wonder how in the world could rational people ever come up with this? About to crown Satan as king of the earth. And he will reign for a short season. Let me tell you, we are right here in the fulfillment of scripture. Thessalonians says that he that letteth will let till he be taken away out of the way. Brother Branham and the seals told us clearly who that he was. It's Christ in bride form. Amen. So, you know, again, again, he, he, will, he will let until he be taken out of the way. Listen, he, he is held back until the bride leaves. Brother Branham told us that very thing, same thing. He said, sister, don't you know that you with your long hair and your long dresses and, and walking out, you're a sign to the earth. He said, you're like the moon. If the moon would move out of its place, he said, the earth would be covered with water in 24 hours. Amen. But the moon holds it there. And he said, the bride, some little righteous soul, some little righteous sister, some little righteous brother, Little righteous people are holding Satan back. Come on. Amen. I'll tell you what. They can't completely cross over into there until we cross over. When we cross over and every son of God is redeemed and every member of the bride of Christ is called out in place. Then Satan will be cast down as the bride goes up. Don't you know it's your righteous soul today as as you pray, as you intercede, as you're saying, oh God, how long, how long? As you're there praying, calling out to God, don't you realize you who sign cried for the abominations done in the city, 
there's a mark been put on you. That mark is not for the beast. That mark is for rapture. Read the Bible. Ezekiel 9 tells you, close it clear, kill everyone, old, young, everything, except those who the mark is on. Yeah, there's a mark coming of the beast. But before that, there's a mark of the Holy Ghost, a poured out of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Of men and women, boys and girls, being sealed with the power of God. The world is about to crown Satan as king. They already are giving their mind to it. Look what's happening in your neighborhoods. Look what's happening in the world. Look what's going on among us. People are giving their mind to it. Those you thought were conservative are conservative no more. Has no meaning. Oh, the whole world looks over at this atrocity right now Hamas has done. Oh, they're there condemning them. And it'll, it'll work just as long as Israel don't go in and destroy the Hamas. Everybody be, you know, crying, poor Israel, poor babies beheaded for their parents and, and then their parents killed and oh, this is horrible. And they'll all cry. But when the enemy has to be dead, then they'll take sides with the enemy. Why is this happening? Why is everything taking place? Did you ever think of the parallel when, you know, because there's a different type of Egypt and leaving Egypt, and that's the rapture. You know, Brother Branham calls this the third exodus. Amen. So it's a different type than the one we've been using this morning, but in this type, it's a type of leaving this world. Amen. And to do so, you've got to have the token. Amen. Amen. No, you don't get the Holy Ghost and then you go through justification, sanctification, and get it all over again. See, that you're mixing your types. But when we're leaving Egypt, the world, and, 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 and the earth here and going into glory, we got to have a token. We get the Holy Ghost, and we leave. And listen, here we're, we're, we're brought right down to the place where we look like we're trapped. And church, this is where we, many times you come, you, you come to those Red Sea moments. Red Sea moments where you can't turn to the right, you can't go to the left, you can't go forward, you can't go back until God opens a way. And even then, you know your direction has always been forward. You've already been told that. Go forward, go take the land. Go on the journey. But sometimes you wait until it's the last moment that a way is made. Remember, that's the rapture. The word comes from the, the word is harpazo, which means to seize. We are in the eagle age. Come on. This is the age of miracles. Why 
Now we ought to be able to believe in miracles more than ever. Amen. It's a paradox. It's a miracle. And God is performing a miracle. And that miracle is a rapture of people who like an eagle snatches his prey and seizes it up right at the last moment. Right at the unexpected time. Jesus comes. I promise you, according to the Bible, it's thus saith the Lord, he's not going to leave you here. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know what day. I'm like the Hebrew children there. Whether he delivers us or not, I don't know. But we know this, we're not going to bow. We're not going to bend. We don't know when he's going to do it or how he's going to do it or how he can fan the flames or how he can loose our bond. We don't know how. We don't know how the rapture will take place, but we know it's going to happen. Hallelujah. It couldn't happen as long as the people down in Egypt, they had to get in the promised land. And it couldn't happen as long as we were down in, 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 in the creeds of man that we had to get back in our promised land. And here we come to this moment. Israel came to that moment. Surrounded. You might feel surrounded. Maybe the doctors have given up hope. Humanly speaking, they go, they're telling what they know. Well, they're lying. No, they're not lying. They, they're, they're telling what they know. Humanly speaking, it's over. That's what the doctors say. Doctors will give you that verdict. But it's in those kind of moments Jesus comes. I'm telling you, if you're at that moment today, don't give up hope. Against hope, you keep on believing. Even when there is no hope. Now here he comes. Here, I think it was Danny Steeman that said, Brother Danny, he's a great preacher, great typologist. We have been blessed by his ministry many times, but he used the illustration one time of how the enemy would come in against Israel and here they're at their Red Sea. Looked like they couldn't cross over. Looked like they couldn't get, you know, they would all die. They would just all perish. And you know, many of them murmured, complained, and said, God, did you bring us here for that reason? I just want to say to you, in moments like this, don't, don't murmur. Don't accuse God. Keep on believing. You don't know how. You don't know when, you just know. You just know he's going to come through. He's going to come through your children. But my daughter, she's in prison. My, my son, he's in trouble. My friend, they, listen, he's going to come through. He's always come through. He'll come through for you today. It looked impossible. It was an impossible moment. God brings us to impossible moments. And God makes the rapture an impossible moment. Yes, 
Can you build enough boats to get across the Red Sea? Can you get them across? Can you blow enough breath to open up a path? What can you do, Moses? I can't do nothing but hold forth the rod and proclaim the name of the Lord. Come on. It ain't going to be. Listen, this is a supernatural gospel. It isn't in man's hands. It's in God's hands. Are you with me? But no doubt, as Brother Danny preached it, you know, that God, in the moment of creating those mountains, of putting that sea, he knew as he did and smiled as he worked. So one day, in the creation, as he forms those mountains, put that sea in the way, he said, I'm going to bring my people right here. But not for their destruction, but for Egypt's destruction. Hallelujah. When it looks like it's over, it ain't over. It ain't over until God says it's over. Hallelujah. When it looks like you can't get over it, you can't get around it, there he is. He comes right in the nick of time. Like an eagle, he snatches his people out. He opened up a path. But God had been waiting all of that time. Come on, Satan. Come on, Pharaoh. Bring your army. Bring your best. Get them down here. I've laid a trap for you. You think, oh God, you think, you think that my people are trapped. It's you. I'm going to destroy you in that Red Sea. And the Bible tells us clearly that Satan will be king. Are you with me? Over the earth. And God is saying, bring them all here. Even open up you Frenchies. Let the demons out from there. Everything. Bring it right now into this civilization in this time to try to ensnare my people. But it ain't going to happen. I brought you here for your destruction. He's going to rapture a bride out of here and then pour out the vials of judgment. Hallelujah. And the beast will know his song and it will be tormented while you're shouting the victory. Hallelujah. This is the way our God has always done. This is the way that God will do today. He is that kind of a God. Now, so Satan certainly is coming to his zenith. Sin is coming to its height. Evil has reached its point. It's come to its pinnacle. The world is ready to crown Satan, their king. The mark of the beast will set in. Horrible things will happen upon the earth. Those that are left behind that are Christians that our believers will be slaughtered. Those left behind 144,000 Jews, they will face martyrdom themselves. Oh, Brother Joe, I thought about it. I couldn't help but think about it. Those martyrs, there on the other side, souls under the altar, Jewish people who had stood for the testimony which they had. And there they were praying and they were calling on God. 
how long, how long will you bring judgment upon the earth and upon them? Said our, our brothers, our brothers, uh, you, they're, they're being persecuted. No doubt the other day, I can't say all of them, only God knows the heart. But only done, no doubt the other day that many of them that were slaughtered, families and innocent children were gathered together with those martyrs and embraced on the other side. My own uncle stood there at World War II at the concentration camps where they freed Jews and went through barrels and looked at barrels after barrels, picked up looking at things and realized then they were knuckles and ashes and bones who had been incinerated in the death camp. He said, Brother Tim, just think. I handled the bones. I handled the bones and the ashes of those souls that are crying under the altar. And they were told to rest a little while till your fellow servants like you will be killed. And here they have been in their time of resting. Oh, what a day that's going to be. Amen. When it's all broke to them. And their two prophets stand to them and, and break, break open the understanding of the trumpets to them. And they realize under the sounding of the trumpet of God. And they'll look back and they'll see the persecutions. And yet when they realize their Messiah, that they killed him. And, and, and that, that, that the horrible things that they've done. Rejection of their Messiah. And they, they will mourn as one will do for his own son. And they will cry and, and, and go on. And he'll come among them and say, but listen, this was done for a purpose. I allowed this to happen for a reason. Your eyes were blinded. Because during that time, I was going to go and get me a Gentile bride. A people for his namesake. Listen, if they hadn't turned the Messiah down, we wouldn't have him. But because they rejected him and turned to the Gentiles, amen, because their rejection brought about your salvation. Amen. But then we come down to the end, and now the rejection of the Gentiles will bring the salvation of the Jews. We're right here. We're right here on the border. The church, the true bride, is at her zenith. Let me tell you, there is no more messengers coming. There are no more prophets, messengers to rise. Amen. Sure, there's prophets in the body. There's prophets in the, in the body. There's apostles, prophets, teachers. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an angel messenger. And this one had to be a prophet, not a theologian. Because it would be given to him for the mysteries of God to be brought back. Are you with me? So God, God would do that. And here we are now at this moment. And we're, we're out of time.
Brother Branham talks about the seventh church age being the shortest age. And now we're right parallel with the first. We're out of time. But we're at a zenith. We are at the apex, the climax, the crowning, the crowning point. And before Jesus can come, the bride has to be exactly like the pure bride she was at Pentecost before the fall at Nicaea. And for the, for the vision speaks that in this last day, there is again another people in the land. I want you to hear what the prophet says. I'm quoting him. There is again another people in the land who under their messenger will be the final voice to the final age. Hallelujah. Amen. You, listen, they're giving voice to Sodom. You're giving voice to the faith of Abraham. Amen. They're giving voice to evil. Come on. Lot is giving voice to his lukewarmness. But what about you? You are the final voice to the final age. Amen. You have been called into this time for this reason and this purpose. Another people in their land who under their messenger is the final, will be the final voice to the final age. Well, I'll tell you what, if I'm a final voice to the final age, I'm declaring right now, we're not leaving a hoof behind. We're not making any deals with the devil. We're not letting the enemy stay in on our land. Come on, somebody. Amen. We are here. We have arrived. We have come to the place. We have crossed over. Brother Branham preached a sermon called Birth Pains. That the church is in pains. And out of her has come, he said, out of the church would come a bride. And also out of her would come the Antichrist. So the church in this last day, the movement of Christendom would produce twins. Out of her would come an Antichrist, and out of her would come the Christ, the bride. Now, just as the tribe of Judah came forth, and, and out of the tribe of Judah came both Jesus and Judas, notice, out of the same tribe, at the same time, one, the incarnate Son of God, the other, the incarnate devil, both of them coming at the same time, at the same moment, from the same movement, the same tribe, out of Christendom comes the same thing. Now, so the church has given birth. Now, Brother Branham made it clear that the birth pains, the last sign before the birth of a bride is the word coming to a prophet. Amen. That went over your head. I want to say it again. The last sign before the birth of a bride. So a bride comes forth in his image. Complete, full, complete. 
The last sign before the birth of a bride is a word coming to a prophet. Listen, listen. Somehow or another, we get things all out of culture. We get our eyes on man and hero worship. The message was not ever, was never about God sending a prophet. That's not the message. The message is God's calling a bride. And he's using a prophet to do it. What he wanted was not a prophet. What he wanted was a bride. That's been his ambition. That's been his desire all along. But he uses ministry to do that. Don't get confused. Amen. So the last sign before the birth of a bride and Brother Brandon preaches birth pain. She's about to give birth. Watch this. What he, she's about to give birth to a new earth for the millennium. The church is giving birth. She's got twins struggling in her womb. A Christ and an Antichrist. A Judas and a Jesus. An Antichrist and a bride. We have the word. I want to say again, we have the word. It needs no additions. Needs none of us to subtract from it. It doesn't need another teacher to come and clarify it. It doesn't need somebody to straighten it out and make it plain. Amen. God made it plain. We have the word and it came to a prophet, not to a theologian. But then I want you to understand, God did not come want to rapture books and tapes. And his object was not just to send a word, but for that word to take on flesh. Amen. So then out of the word has to come a bride. Some people stop a long life journey. They stopped at a prophet. God sent a prophet. God sent a prophet. They've been around that mountain over and over. Others come along. You know what? Well, praise God. God sent a message. God sent a message. It's the word. It's the word. It's the word. We, we got, we're now, oh, we're these smart theologians, buddy. We know more than denomination. We, we got the answer to the devil's question. We got all, and all of it, you know, and they think that's the end result. God's end result. God didn't want to just bring you a message. He didn't want to give you a collection of books and tapes. And yet we thank God for every one of them. Come on, he, but out of the word must come a bride. Because that's what God always wanted. Hallelujah. And we have arrived in the land where there is again another people in the land who under their messenger They are the final voice. Oh yeah. The voice of God is in nature. The voice of God gets sound through preachers. The voice of God will will be sounded through a prophet. But the voice of God is also in a bride. And under her messenger, she is the final voice to the final age. Don't stop on this journey. Come into the land. The prophet is pointing you to it. He said, I was two-thirds of the way on the other side of Jordan. 
by the opening of those seven seals, by opening the book, by, the, by expanding the borders. Now, Brother Branham saw you coming. You have been seen in preview. Before you got here, you were seen coming. Amen. Come on. Amen. Remember, he would watch the progression. He would see it start out at the beginning. A pure virgin bride walking to the tune of the gospel. Then he would see it go off into that and the isms and so on. And now you come into, you know, to harlotry, idolatry, filthiness, horrible things. To where Brother Branham was ashamed to even look and said, is that all I could do? Is that all I could do? Is that what this has produced? Is that kind of people? Filthy, dirty, naked, Laodiceans. And that's all I could produce. All the preaching that I've done and going around the country and that's all I could produce. And he was about to faint. But then he heard the voice say, but wait, here she comes again. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. Here she comes again. That's where we are at this day and hour, church. Come on. Don't give up. There is a pride. There is God's choice. There is a predestinated people. There is a land. And it's a full inheritance. And I heard that real sweet music come again. And here come that little bride coming by again. And he says, this is what comes out though. Hallelujah. Here's what comes out though. And when she walked by, she was exactly like the one in the first place. Hallelujah, walking to the step of the music of God's word, marching on by. And when I saw it, I stood with both hands up crying like that. And when I come to, I was standing on my porch looking out across the field. What? She is to be the same bride, the same kind, built out of the same kind of material that she was at the first place. Now read Malachi 4 and see if we're not to have a message in this last day that had turned the hearts of the children back to the fathers, back to the original Pentecostal message, word by word. Brothers, we are here. Hallelujah. Brothers, we are here. We have arrived. We have received the last sign. A prophet bringing a message, introducing a word and a word that has been released to produce a bride. Brothers, we are here. We are here. We have arrived. Hallelujah. We have arrived. We are here. Let the musician come. No, when you're standing out today, we have arrived. We have crossed over. We have left isms of man and dead theology. And now we can eat the old corn of the land. The same thing the apostles had. The same thing that Jesus had. The same gospel. The same Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's worship God together.
Let's worship God together with all of your heart now. Oh, hallelujah. We have arrived. We have crossed over. What about you today? You see, that's the church. That's the bride she has crossed over. She's crossed over from this being a church down to the ages to being the bride of Christ, married to the Lamb. She can be married, united. We're here in this new land, united now, leaving the creeds of man behind. Walked over into a new land. But if you as an individual, you see, no matter how much the church does it, no matter how much there's a move of God, the only way that you can be in it is to be baptized into that body. So just as the church would have to come to its Jordan, maybe in another service I can get it where Brother Branham said the church and the law had come to its Jordan. And that's good. What if you're not in it? What if you're not in it? You see, what happened for the church has to happen for you. Where you cross over Jordan. Oh, Brother Tim, I, God forgave me of my sins. I felt so good when it happened. Oh, I'm so happy. You know, I hear the cries of maybe some young people here today or just people. Well, I was raised up in this message, Brother Tim. I've always been born again. No, you haven't. Just by believing the message, Brother Tim, I, 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 well, I just automatically, I, I'm here. I've, I've crossed over. No, you haven't. You too have to leave the Egypt of sin. But, uh, but, but Brother Tim, you know, I, I didn't have big things drop off of me, smoking or drinking or adultery. or You know, I never did those things. I've always been a clean boy girl. It's not just the habits. It's the spirit that makes you do those things. You see, without the Holy Ghost, you can't keep yourself. You can't keep yourself. You must cross over your Jordan as an individual into the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Be filled with the Spirit. But Brother Tim, I've shouted up and down the aisles. I rejoiced because my enemies were dead and my sins were gone and my habits had left. I'm so happy for that. Miriam, but your inheritance lays in the promised land. But it felt so good, Brother Tim. I'm sure that was the Holy Ghost. Listen, so many will come right to that point. Jump, dance, shout, and go right back out to their pornography, their sinful ways. Go right back into a prayerless life. 
to us life that really isn't surrendered. You got to cross over. Just like the token was required on them leaving Egypt, the blood must be applied. The Holy Ghost, the same thing. You must cross your Jordan. If you haven't come into that land of blessings, don't stay where you are. I've never been a sinner, Brother Tim. Yes, you were born one. Because no fault of your own, you didn't choose it. You were born that way. But you choose to stay that way. You can't say it's just good enough where I'm at. I, I'm a good person. Listen, Jesus looked upon a rich man. And he was... He, he had done many good things all his life. And Jesus looked at him and loved him. And he turned from there and rejected his only hope and turned and went to hell. The next picture is he lifts up his eyes in hell. Crossover. 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 There's a real Holy Spirit for you. There's a real love beyond where you ever know. There's joy and peace like you've never had. Ask Him to come to you today. Ask Him. If you know, as you stand on the cusp, on the edge, and you're looking into the promised land, and you know you haven't crossed over, in this time while one more is being called even so come Lord Jesus come ask him to come to you today even so to catch your bride away how my soul longs to be with you my Lord even so even so come Lord Jesus come ask him to come to your pew to where you're at he'll meet you at your pew he'll meet you at an altar he'll meet you anywhere amen what about you saints what about his return can you call for his return? Come take your bride away. Oh, my Longs for you, with you, my Lord. Can your brothers pray with me? Even so. Even so. One more time now. I know. Even so, even 
Come, Lord Jesus, come. Sing it one more time to him. Just call him to your pew. Maybe you're sick this morning. Say, Lord Jesus. Maybe you're in a hospital room. Maybe you're calling desperately out to the Lord right now. Just invite him to your room. Right where you are. How my soul longs to be with you. He seals the devil out. You're sealed in. He's sealed out. Amen. It's no more going in and out. It's no more trying anymore even. It's him doing that work in your life. He's the keeper. He's the comforter. Amen. Invite him to come to be that kind of God to you. Not come and lift and you feel better and he lives and you get forgiven and come again and sin again and get delivered of habits and have to go through it all again. No! It's more than that. He will abide with you forever. This is no little Pentecostal baptism where you just kind of get it one, you know, this time and lose it and get it and lose it and get it and lose it. It's not an anointing. But it abides with you forever. Why don't you come to him and invite him to abide with you? Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, come. Even so, to take your bride away. What about him coming to take you as a bride? United with you.
tears, release. 